Coming into this Oakland series, the Orioles' bats had been a little bit quiet on their West Coast swing. But that all changed at the Coliseum this weekend. The O's offense came alive as they swept the athletics over the weekend. I'll recap the series coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, August 21st, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to recap the Orioles series sweep over the Oakland Athletics this weekend, getting you the five things you need to know from all three wins in the series, including the offensive explosion on Friday, the big five-run 10th inning on Saturday, and the combination of Gunnar Henderson's almost cycle and a great start from Kyle Bradish that secured the sweep on Sunday. And then make sure you are sticking around until the end of the podcast because at the end of today's episode, going to reveal the winner of the Orioles soccer jersey giveaway. So make sure you are sticking around until the end of this one so you can hear if it's you who won the giveaway. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, Guaranteed. So let's jump right into an Orioles sweep from this weekend as they take all three games from the Oakland Athletics, winning it 9-4 on Friday night to take the opener in the series. Then it was a tough one Saturday, but the O's get the big 10th inning, winning it 7-2 in 10 innings Saturday to secure the series win. And then they got the sweep, blowing out the A's 12-1 on Sunday to finish off the sweep of the series. Made it a 6-3 West Coast road trip for the Orioles. And honestly, if you can get six wins in nine games on a West Coast swing, that is going to do wonders for your chances to try and win a division. The O's get another sweep on the season, and they are now, for the first time this year, 30 games over 500 as the O's sit at 77 and 47 on the season with those three wins. And they got just a teeny tiny bit of help from the Angels, who were able to take one out of three from the Rays this weekend, meaning the O's extend their lead in the AL East to three games over Tampa Bay. So let's get started. I want to start with Friday's win, 9-4 to four over the A's, getting you the five things you need to know from that one. And the first thing you need to know is the Orioles offense just absolutely exploded in game one of this series. And as I talked about, that hadn't really been the case throughout this road trip. I mean, you think even back to when it started in that Seattle series, even with the games the Orioles won, like they win a one nothing game in 10 innings in game two against the Mariners, they only score five runs in 10 innings in the third game of that series. Then against the Padres, even in the win, when they won one out of three, they had just four runs. They never got the offense going. Now, granted, Seattle and San Diego, probably two of the top five starting rotations in all of baseball, but the Orioles did struggle and ended up three and three on the trip. But you knew coming to Oakland, okay, you got the team with the worst ERA in baseball. I mean, overall, we talked about it on Friday's episode previewing the series, just overall the worst team in baseball. You got to think the bats would wake up, and they did early. I mean, they didn't wait. 
They didn't show any signs of struggle from the previous couple of series. They just jumped right into it. Put up a three spot in the top of the first inning on Friday night. The A's went with the opener, left-hander Francisco Perez. I'm a baseball sicko. That was my first ever hearing of Francisco Perez. He was not very good. O's got him for three runs on four hits in the first inning and just kind of broke things open. I mean, you set the tone for the series right there in the first inning. I mean, Adley Rutschman lines out to start it, then Gunner singles, Santander singles, Ryan Mountcastle, RBI bloop single, and the Cedric Mullins two-run double makes it 3-0. And you're immediately on the board. O's get 16 hits in total in the game to go along with their nine runs. Every single player that entered the game, all 10 of them, even Ramona Rios, who entered later in the game, everybody got at least one hit in this one. Now, a little bit of a concern. Arias did enter for Anthony Santander midway through the game, who had some back soreness. Santander did not appear in the Saturday or Sunday game to finish up the series. Hopefully with the off day today, he'll be back tomorrow when the O's host the Blue Jays. But he still got a hit before he came out. And then when Arias replaced him, he got a hit in the game as well. It was just everything you needed from the Oriole offense. Second thing you need to know from Friday's win is that Gunnar Henderson hit an absolute monster home run. The O's had a 3-1 to lead heading into the second. They were ready to add on as the A's put in kind of the normal starting pitcher slash the bulk pitcher in the rookie right-hander Luis Medina. And the O's said, yeah, we're going to get to this guy too. After an Adley Rutschman two-out single, Henderson unloads to the upper deck in right field a two-run shot, 111.4 miles per hour off the bat, 438 feet for his 20th home run here in his rookie season. It gave the O's a 5-1 to lead at the time. It was part of a big day for Henderson, who had a huge series, which we'll get to in a bit. But he went 3-for-5 with the homer, three RBIs, and a couple of runs scored in the Friday win. He is just kind of carrying this Orioles offense wherever it wants to go. The dude is a stud. And once again, he is the front runner right now for AL Rookie of the Year. Third thing you need to know from the Orioles' 9-4 to win over the A's on Friday is that Austin Hayes had a couple of hits, which was just really nice to see for Hayes. He's had a couple of good games lately, but generally it has been a struggle most of the time since the All-Star break. But he's figuring it back out a bit in August. Put together everything he did in this series. Total went 4-12. for And he's back up to an 828 OPS in the month of August after he was real bad in July. He's starting to hit the ball in the air a little bit again. Went two for five with a couple of doubles and a run scored. Had four hard hit balls in the win on Friday night as he got the start in the seven hole in the Orioles order. It was just a really good sign for Austin Hayes who continued to have a good series even after the Friday night game. But the Friday night game was a really good example of okay. He doesn't look to be completely hurt. It's not exactly what he was doing last year. He's hitting the ball hard. Yes, he's still hitting it on the ground a little too much, but it was much better over the weekend and especially Friday night. Fourth thing you need to know from the O's game one win in this series in Oakland is that Kyle Gibson did struggle again. Now, he got himself through five innings in this game, but it was not pretty. Gibson allows four runs on nine hits over five innings. Now, he did strike out six and didn't walk anyone, and did not allow a homer, which was good, but it took him 95 pitches to scrape through five innings against a bad Oakland offense. His ERA has now jumped to 4.97 on the season, and the A's were hitting him hard. They had 10 hard-hit balls against Gibson in five innings. That is not good at all. The six strikeouts to the no walks you like to see, and listen, he did have 18 whiffs on 45 swings. That's a 40% whiff rate for the game. That's actually not even just good. That's, That's 
really good, honestly. And so you you definitely see the positives in this Gibson start, like much, much better than the start a week prior when he got blown up by the Mariners last Friday night, but still some concerns because this Oakland offense, yeah, they can hit a little bit. Their batters are better than their pitchers, but it's still concerning. What Kyle Gibson did, just didn't have the same kind of bite on his pitches, and he kind of went in and out of looking good, gave up a run in the first and the second, then settled down a bit, but then gave up two more in the fifth before coming out of the game. Now, I don't think it's time to like fully panic on Kyle Gibson. Now, August hasn't been kind to him. All right, three starts in August, 17 to third innings, 25 hits, 16 earned runs, 19 strikeouts to three walks, four homers. He's got an 8.31 ERA in three August starts. But even that first start in August was good. It was that start against the Mets where he went seven innings, three runs, nine strikeouts. I mean, that's a great start from Kyle Gibson. It's just been these last two starts in Seattle and in Oakland on this road trip, 10 and a third innings, 21 hits, 13 earned runs. That is not going to cut it for Kyle Gibson. He was on a fantastic run for the four starts before these two. So I'm not ready to like jump off the edge for Kyle Gibson or anything, but something to monitor back-to-back tough ones for the veteran righty. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' 9-4 win over the A's on Friday night is that the bullpen was really impressive for the O's. Now, it didn't start out too well. O's went to Mike Bauman in the sixth inning with a 9-4 lead after they took Gibson out after five. Bauman loaded the bases with a walk and a couple of hits, but he got himself out of the jam, got a 3-2 pop-up with two outs and the bases loaded to put up a zero. And then after that, everybody just looked clean. CNL Perez came out there, one, two, three inning. Perez has been awesome lately, got a couple of strikeouts. Jacob Webb, his story continues, one, two, three with a strikeout. And Yenier Cano did give up a hit, but had two strikeouts and a scoreless ninth to finish out the win. Good day for the bullpen, good day for the offense, and the O's took game one in the series. But then they turned their attention to game two, and the offense, at least in the first nine innings, was not nearly hitting at the level it did the night before. But they found a way with a big 10th and some good pitching to get themselves a series win in this Saturday game. Talk about how they did it coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events like Orioles games, it shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. I've been to 12 Orioles games this year. More than half of them now, I have gotten the tickets from Game Time. It's been so easy for me. I live right down the street from the stadium. I can decide like an hour before first pitch, you know what, I think I want to go to the O's game tonight. And I still have time to go to the Game Time app, buy the tickets, get them sent directly to my phone. I could literally buy them right outside of Utah Street. They go right to my phone. They scan through the app, and I walk in and take in an awesome Orioles game. That's how easy game time is. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So the Orioles were able to get game one in the series on Friday night with a 9-4 victory, but then they turned it around and won the series Saturday. Now, it wasn't nearly as easy 
to get that Saturday win, but they did it. A 7-2 victory in 10 innings on Saturday, and I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from that one. The first thing you need to know is the O's had another huge extra inning outburst. For the second time this year, the Orioles scored five runs in an extra inning to win a game. The first time they did it was back in May on the road against the Blue Jays. This time they do it in Oakland. And it was after the O's offense had been held pretty quiet. I mean, throughout this game, after the explosion they had Friday night, it was not the same story on Saturday. Ken Waldachuk, who got the start for the A's and honestly pitched well in his start against the Orioles back in April in Baltimore, Pitched pretty well again. I mean, two runs over five and two-thirds with seven strikeouts. The A's bullpen, uh, Lucas Ursay, Kirby Sneed, Trevor May did a great job kind of keeping it a 2-2 game, getting the game to extra innings. But then the right-hander Adrian Martinez came out there. And Martinez, who had a phenomenal start against the O's in 2022 last year, did not look very phenomenal in this one. O's, of course, start with the zombie runner at second in a 2-2 game in the 10th inning. Wild pitch gets the run to third. Adley Rutschman walks, then Ryan Mountcastle comes through with a single to put the O's up 3-2, to two, and you're thinking, all right, they got the lead. Felix Bautista had pitched a very quick bottom of the ninth, and you're thinking he's ready to go back out there in the 10th, get the six outs, get the win. We've got the run we need. But good job by the Orioles. They were not satisfied with the one run in that 10th inning. You get Gunnar Henderson hit by a pitch to load the bases, Westberg with a sack fly, you get Hayes bringing in a run. You get McCann bringing in a couple of runs. And all of a sudden, you blink, and it's 7-2. to two, And the O's were able to sit down Bautista. Didn't need him for that 10th inning. Were able to use someone else. Now, the O's didn't end up needing Bautista Sunday because they won 12-1. to one. But in theory, you're able to sit him back down, and he was available for the Sunday game if the O's needed him to try and get that sweep. And that was huge. And it was just big by the offense to rally like they did in that 10th inning, some really impressive at-bats. Adrian Martinez has the most vertical drop on his changeup of any pitcher in baseball per stat cast. That thing moves like crazy. It can be really hard, especially for lefties, to lay off that pitch when he throws it around the knees and then darts it into the dirt. O's did a great job of laying off, great approach at the plate, and got that big five-run inning. Second thing you need to know from Saturday's 7-2 win is that Ryan McKenna recorded a multi-hit game. Surprisingly, maybe not super surprisingly because he doesn't play a lot and he's been up and down from the minors, but it was his first multi-hit game since May 5th in Atlanta against the Braves. That is a long time to go without a multi-hit game, even if you are a part-time player. Now, McKenna did return to the Orioles on Saturday after they were forced to place Aaron Hicks back on the 10-day injured list. It was not the same injury that kept Hicks on the IL the first time a couple of weeks ago. This one was some back issues for Hicks. He was, you know, out for a couple of days, was trying to get back in the lineup, just couldn't take good BP. So they put him on the IL. It was retroactive to August 16th, so he could be back by next weekend against the Rockies if it's a quick stint. But the O's recalled Ryan McKenna. Now, there were questions about, you know, why do the O's recall McKenna instead of Colton Kowser to replace, you know, Aaron Hicks in the outfield? There was also questions about Heston Kerstad, but it's more like you lose Hicks, you want another guy who can play center field. Well, the Orioles are going to see a lot of lefties coming up. When McKenna came up Saturday, remember, they saw back-to-back -back lefties with Waldachuk Saturday, J.P. Sears Sunday. They're going to see another lefty Tuesday in Kikuchi. And next weekend against the Rockies, they're actually lined up to potentially see two more lefties in Kyle Freeland and Ty Block in terms of the opposing starting pitchers. Cows are a lefty, struggles against lefties. McKenna, a righty, better against lefties. 
They also kind of want Kowser to have more of a full reset back down in AAA. He'll probably be back some point in September. That is why you saw, and, and McKenna, a better defensive center fielder as well. That is why you saw him be the call-up. And he got two hits. It was nice to see Ryan McKenna do that. Hadn't done that in a long while. Hit an eighth, playing right field. Goes two for three with a couple of singles in the game. Third thing you need to know from the Orioles' extra innings victory over the A's on Saturday is that James McCann just cannot be stopped right now. James McCann, in 29 plate appearances in August now, is hitting 480 with a 1277 OPS in his 29 plate appearances in the month of August. McCann got the start behind the dish with Adley Rutschman DHing on Saturday, goes two for five with a homer and three RBIs. His solo shot in the fourth inning off of Ken Waldachuk was the second homer of the inning after Austin Hayes had tied the game at one in the same frame with a solo homer that actually got stuck in the foul pole down the left field line, which was pretty funny. McCann then homers later in the inning to put the O's up 2-1, to 101 off the bat, 403 feet for a solo shot. And then he came up with kind of the dagger in the 10th inning. It was a two-run single that really put things out of reach, made it a 7-2 game in the top of the 10th. McCann is just swinging the bat so well. I mentioned the 480 average in August. Among hitters in Major League Baseball, with at least 20 plate appearances in the month of August, statistically, James McCann has been the best hitter in baseball in August. Minimum 20 plate appearances. Not on the Orioles, not in the American League, in all of baseball. His 247 WRC Plus in August is the best of any hitter. Stay hot, James McCann. Stay hot. Fourth thing you need to know from the Orioles' Saturday win over Oakland is that Cole Irvin was solid in his return to the Coliseum. Of course, Irvin, who the Orioles acquired in a trade with the A's this offseason, did start against the A's once before back in Baltimore in April, got clobbered, and was sent down to AAA right after the game. This start went much differently for Irvin against his old team. Five innings of one-run ball. He allowed just four hits, struck out three, and walked one. The only run that he allowed in this game was a solo homer hit by Aletimus Diaz to lead off the second inning that put the A's up 1-0. But otherwise, Irvin was solid again, continued to build up his pitch count through 77 pitches this time after he was in the mid-60s in his five scoreless innings in Seattle last week. And only three hard-hit balls in his five innings of work against him really was inducing some soft contact. And once again, I liked what I saw from Cole Irvin. He is not the most dominant pitcher. You know, it's only eight whiffs on 42 swings in this game. It's not like he's a big strikeout guy, but the O's knew that when they acquired him in the offseason. He throws strikes. He keeps guys off the base paths. He induces soft contact. And he keeps you in games and helps you win. That's what Irvin did against his old team on Saturday. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' 7-2 win over the A's in 10 innings in Game 2 of this series is that the bullpen was great again. I mentioned four scoreless from the bullpen on Friday night. It was another good day from the pen on Saturday. Five innings of one-run ball from the bullpen. Now, it didn't start off great. Shintaro Fujinami entered to face his old team for the first time in the sixth after Irvin left with the Orioles holding a 2-1 lead at the time. And he did give up a one-out solo homer to Aletimus Diaz, who hit his second home run of the game, to tie the game at two. And it was a hanging 2-2 splitter. But otherwise, Fujinami threw strikes. He struck out two, didn't walk anyone. The homer was the only base runner allowed. I thought the stuff looked a lot better. The command looked a lot better. Even though he gave up the lead, it was a positive outing for Fujinami. Then you get four good-looking outs from Yenier Cano. 
And then CNL Perez, he had the best outing of anyone. He comes in there with a runner on second and one out in a 2-2 game in the bottom of the eighth and just goes to work. Strikeout, intentional walk, strikeout to keep the game tied. He was fired up. Perez has been just incredible. I mentioned the scoreless inning he had Friday night. Backs it up with a huge scoreless appearance on Saturday night. It really does seem that the Orioles have finally, here in August, finally gotten the 2022 version of CNL Perez back in that bullpen. They've held on to him. They've trusted him long enough. And I feel like it is finally now paid off. The command is just night and day so much better than it was in the first half of the season. His ERA is now down to 3.80 on the season in 42 and two-thirds innings pitched. Remember, he wasn't getting any swings and misses before. Now he's getting them. Better command of the slider. It's more crisp. It's got more break. That sinker has been an incredible pitch for him. And CNL Perez still has yet to allow a run in the month of August. In August, seven innings pitched, just one unearned run against him, four hits, 10 Ks and two walks. And overall, his last nine innings pitched have been scoreless for the O's. He has been huge for this bullpen over the last month or so. And it wasn't just Perez, right? Then they go to Felix Bautista. He had a pretty easy, pretty straightforward bottom of the ninth to send the game into extras. And then you thought you might have to use Bautista, but the O's get five. So they turn to Jacob Webb. And Jacob Webb walks a guy, hits a guy, all of a sudden loads the bases with no outs. It is a 7-2 to game, but you're starting to get a little bit nervous. And then Jacob Webb just went goblin mode. Strikes out the next three hitters with the bases loaded and no outs. Gets Tony Kemp, Lawrence Butler, and Aledemus Diaz with just some ridiculous changeup. Strikes them all out with changeups. An incredible pitch from Jacob Webb. He ended up getting six whiffs on seven swings on that changeup. That is a ridiculous number, but that is what he did. It was insane to see, and I tweeted out the clip after the win on Saturday, but if you go back and listen to the episode last week after the Orioles had claimed Jacob Webb off waivers from the Angels, I talked about how Webb had basically just given up on his changeup, was barely throwing it over the last month with L.A., And his stats were getting worse and worse. And that was one of the reasons why the Angels DFA'd him, because he wasn't getting guys out. Well, it was because he wasn't throwing his changeup. The O's have given him confidence back in his changeup, like I said they would. He went to it pretty heavily on Saturday and struck out three straight batters. That pitch was ridiculous. Welcome to the Jacob Webb Hive. With the O's, seven innings pitched, no runs, one hit, ten strikeouts, two walks. The O's have found a new high leverage reliever in Jacob Webb. And they found themselves a series win with the 7-2 victory in extra innings on Saturday night. But against an A's team that is this bad, has the worst record in baseball, is literally trying to lose. You're not satisfied with two out of three. You want the sweep. And that is what the O's got on Sunday with a blowout victory. I'll tell you how they did it coming up next. So the O's got the win Friday, 9-4. Got the win Saturday, 7-2 in extras. And we're able to get the win on Sunday, winning it 12 to 1 on Sunday afternoon to secure the sweep over the A's. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from that Orioles victory. And the first thing you need to know from the O's win on Sunday that helped them secure the sweep over the A's is that, well, Gunnar Henderson almost hit for the cycle. And then he ended up hitting for better than the cycle in this game. Henderson in the 12 to 1 victory. Goes four for five with two doubles, a triple, a homer, and two RBIs with four hard hit balls, now up to an 815 OPS on the season. 
And Gunner came up in the top of the eighth inning with the Orioles having a big lead. He had the double. He had the triple. He had the solo homer off the foul pole in the seventh inning. And you're saying, okay, all he needs is a single. And Henderson ropes one down the first baseline, past Jonah Bride into the corner. You're thinking he's got his single. But no, no, no. Gunnar Henderson, 104 off the bat into the right field corner. He plays hard. And he strolls his way into second with his second double of the game. If he would have stopped at first, would have been the second Oriole to hit for the cycle this year after Cedric Mullins. Instead, gets himself a four extra base hit game. There was a hilarious moment. Masson pans over to the Orioles dugout, and they're all just giving the what for. Like Cedric Mullins, hands in the air, palms up. Adam Frazier can't believe it. Ryan McKenna, guys pointing to the scoreboard. Gunner's just laughing at second base saying, yeah, I could have had the cycle, but guess what? All my stats get better if I go to second base right now. And that is exactly what he did. He became a four extra base guy. That's a pretty hard thing to do. The MLB record is five extra base hits in one game. It's only been done 16 times, most recently back in April by Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. The Orioles record is four extra base hits in one game. So Henderson tied that record. He was the first Oriole to have four extra base hits in a game since Melvin Mora did it for the O's all the way back in 2008. So it's been 15 years since an Oriole has done it. What a special player. What a special game for Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, the cycle is cool, but statistically, his day ended up being better than if he would have just stayed at first with a single. Second thing you need to know from Sunday's 12-1 win is that Ryan Mountcastle just can't be stopped right now. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle is on a heater like no other that he has had in his career. Mountcastle in this game goes 3-for-5 with a home run and three RBIs and a couple of runs scored with three hard-hit balls, was 5-for-13 in this series. He has now been on base in 26 consecutive games. Basically, since he returned from Vertigo, Mountcastle has been amazing. Now hitting 403 in August, and after all those struggles early in the year, he looked unplayable at one point. Mountcastle is up to a 275 average, and an 802 OPS, higher than Adley Rutschman's OPS, higher than Austin Hayes's OPS, higher than Cedric Mullins' OPS. The only guys better than him in OPS on this team right now are Ryan O'Hearn and Gunnar Henderson. That is how good Mountcastle has been lately. Absolutely clobbered, clobbered a three-run homer in this game that kind of put it on ice in the fourth inning, honestly. Three-run shot off the A's starter, J.P. Sears that he just demolished into left field, deep into the seats at the Coliseum. 112.1 miles per hour off the bat, 439 feet for a three-run homer. Man, it is hard to play baseball with vertigo affecting you. And he keeps saying, you know, he felt like he was seeing three baseballs. It's much easier to see one. Yeah, he is an impact middle-of-the-order bat once again for the Baltimore Orioles. Third thing you need to know from the Sunday win, Jorge Mateo. Hit an inside-the-park home run. Now, I'm still not 100% sure that's how it should have been scored. It was bad fielding by the outfield. It was bad relaying by the A's infield. But Mateo never stopped running and scored without a throw for a solo inside-the-park homer in the second inning that put the Orioles up 2-0 early. It was Mateo's first home run since April 30th. Remember, he had the incredible April, hit over 300, hit six home runs. Mateo hasn't homered since, and he still hasn't hit a home run that has left the yard since, but he gets an inside the parker, the first of his career, and the 25th inside the park home run in Orioles history. Of course, the last one was that magical Trey Mancini moment in his final home game last July. 
But Mateo also had a double later in the game. Ended up two for five. Scored a couple of runs. Jorge Mateo has not had a multi-hit game since June 15th. Has not had a homer since April 30th. He has not been good. Maybe this one can help him just turn things around a little bit. Because we've seen the speed. We've seen what he does. The O's aren't dfa him. He is sticking with this team. I think we've all kind of realized that. He is staying with this team throughout the rest of the year. If he can produce even a little bit, not even to this level, just a little bit with the bat, he becomes valuable once again. Fourth thing you need to know from the O's 12-1 win on Sunday, kind of overshadowed by the Orioles scoring 12 runs on 17 hits and blowing away the O's for the sweep in this game, but Kyle Bradish was awesome once again. Six scoreless innings for Bradish, just two hits, eight strikeouts to one walk. Just 92 pitches through the six innings. He retired the first 10 batters he faced. He struck out six of the first eight batters he faced. Only had six hard hit balls against him. Bradish's ERA is now down to 3.03 on the season. And among qualified starters, Bradish with this start jumped into the qualified section. And there's a couple of starters who have been really good who are close to qualified but are not. But if you're just looking at qualified starting pitchers, Kyle Bradish is tied atop the American League ERA leaderboard at 3.03 with Garrett Cole. Kyle Bradish, an Orioles starter in late August, is tied for first in the American League qualified ERA lead. It is absurd what Kyle Bradish is doing this season, what he continues to do. 16 whiffs, one off a career high. The slider was just magical. 35 of 92 pitches per slider is by far his most used pitch. 11 whiffs on 22 swings against the slider on Sunday. I continue to advance my Kyle Radish narrative. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know I've continued to say I believe in Kyle Radish. I think he's going to be better maybe than Grayson Rodriguez. I've called it out that I think he's going to be the O's opening day starter next year. He continues to make me look good. And uh, Kyle Radish day is a thing right now. Like you sit down and you watch his starts. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from the Orioles' 12-1 win and, and really the Orioles' sweep over the A's that this was just a put your foot down, say we're the best team in the American League, you're the worst team in the American League, and we're going to show you series. That is what the O's did. With the three wins, they scored 28 runs on 40 hits in this three-game series. They outscored the A's just by 21 runs. I mean, you can't do it much Better than that. Outscored him 28-7 in the series. Just clobbered a really bad baseball team. And I feel for the A's. I feel for their fans. John Fisher, their owner, is an absolute ghoul. I mean, even above what John Angelos is. Has stripped this team down for parts. Has purposely made it the worst team in baseball. Doesn't really have a good farm system behind it. And is basically one step away from moving this team to Las Vegas in a year or two. It's just a disaster situation there. Baseball is better when the A's are good, when it's buzzing at the Coliseum. It's a f- I think it's a fun place to watch baseball, at least from the TV. It's a cool atmosphere. The A's are awesome. I've always had kind of a soft spot for Oakland. It's just ridiculous what John Fisher has done. Uh, yeah, I've spent enough time yelling at owners on this podcast. It's just ridiculous. But with the product he's put out there, this is what the O's need to do as a first-place team, and this is what they did. So they remain in first place and remain with the best record in the American League. The Orioles get the sweep over the A's this weekend. We're almost done here on today's pod, but of course, got to reveal the winner of the contest. I promised everyone that 
If you got me over 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, make sure to still go subscribe, like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. Thank you so much to everyone who's gone there. We've gotten over well, well over 4,000 subscribers. We're actually kind of uh, making our way towards 5,000 here pretty soon. Going to have to do another giveaway. We'll be doing another giveaway when we get to 5,000, but right now, got to reveal the winner of the 4,000 giveaway. Had 300 responses. What you had to do was, number one, subscribe to Locked on Orioles on YouTube. Number two, leave in the comments section of any episode last week your favorite Orioles win of the season and why. Got over 300 responses. And the prize is the Orioles soccer jersey giveaway from 2023. Nice looking Orioles soccer jersey, Birdland 23. It is the size medium soccer jersey. And the winner on YouTube is username Doughboy3376, who commented, my favorite win was April 13th against the A's. Full circle there. It was the first series against the A's. Adley hit the walk-off homer on the day my daughter was born. Cool moment for Doughboy there. And also congratulations on winning the Orioles soccer jersey. Again, please reach out via email. Email me at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Doughboy3376 to claim your prize, the Orioles soccer jersey. And again, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to Locked on Orioles on YouTube. Get me to 5,000 subscribers. We'll do another awesome Orioles giveaway. But either way, 5,000 subscribers or not, we are back tomorrow on the podcast. No O's game today. They are off before taking on the Blue Jays. We'll talk a little bit about that series on tomorrow's episode because guess what? The O's are 8-2 and two against the Jays this year. Final series against them. Ryan Mountcastle was 11 for 13 against Toronto in the last series. I may have mentioned on this podcast, Ryan Mountcastle is red hot against all the other teams right now. Now he gets to face Toronto. Watch out. We'll talk about that series a bit. Talk a little bit about some O's news and notes with Aaron Hicks going on the IL. Colton Cowser heating up again in AAA. John Means making his third rehab start and a really good one. Sunday in Bowie. Michael Givens being released. We'll chat about all those things and more coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.